Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 10, with Ben Jenkins. to episode 10 of the Makers of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. Today on the show, we have Ben Jenkins. Ben is the founder and creative director of Texas design firm One Fast Buffalo. Ben is also the founder of independent Texas wooden bat and apparel company, Warstick Bat Company. Warstick has been featured in ESPN the Magazine, GQ, and more and has also collaborated with Coach, the Women's Bag Company. Welcome to the show, Ben. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, glad to glad to have you on. Uh, I touched a little briefly on your background, but can you go a little more in depth? Uh, all the way from school until really, you know, now. Like junior high school, elementary high school. Where do you want to start? <laughs> maybe yeah. we go. Maybe we go college. Oh, college. All right. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Design. Yeah, How did you get into design? Basically, there you go. Um, yeah. So uh, I I went to college uh, with the idea that I was going to study architecture because, uh, like a lot of creative folks, I grew up, you know, drawing and painting and doing that. And so you kind of think I need to apply that skill to something like more practical. So. Um, uh, I went to college to study architecture. I did that for two years, um, but the real reason I was in college was that I had a college baseball scholarship. Um, not that I wouldn't have gone to college, but that was why I was at that specific school. So I went to Mississippi State University. And um, after a couple years of uh, baseball and architecture, um, I would say with architecture, no offense to architecture, but I was a little, once it got to the kind of the more technical end, I was a little bit uh, I wasn't having it, you know. I just loved the design in, and then I hated the other side of it. Um, and then I also had the problem of just, um, you know, architecture is a very um, intense kind of like time-consuming uh, practice in school and really conflicted with baseball practice and all that kind of stuff. So they basically told me, like, look, you got to quit architecture, you got to quit baseball. And it was kind of like, all right, well, I'll see you later, you know. Um, so... Uh, I kind of jumped right out of architecture school. didn't know anything other to do than to jump to the art school. Um, so Mississippi State is kind of like this really, I had no clue, but there are some really great art instructors, teachers. Uh, just a, It's kind of a secret place in the South that has a really great little program there. And um, I jumped into painting, to be honest with you, and drawing classes, and I was having a blast, although I had no idea what I was going to do for a living after I got out of school if baseball didn't work out. So uh, did that for a while. One of my painting teachers or my mentor, um, you know, kind of came into me and said, look, I know you like painting, but basically you kind of suck at it. Um, <laughs> not not in, in a tough love kind of way. He's like, not, not that you're a bad painter. It's just that it's not your passion. Like your passion is the arrangement and composition of what you're painting. That's what you're passionate about. Not so much the painting itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. basically, yeah, so he intuitively kind of geniusly said, you know, look, 
you need to go take a design class and see what happens because you might really love it. And I was like, no way, man, I'm a painter. You can't tell me what to do. I'm not doing it. And uh, <laughs> luckily he basically dragged me in there, introduced me to the design teacher and was like, here, take this kid off my hands, you know? And um, I did, I, to be honest, I don't even know that I knew what, this is going back a long time. I mean, this is 1990, what, three, something like that, 94, long time ago. And um, I didn't even really know what graphic design was when you grabbed me in there. I was like, what the hell is design? I don't even know what you're talking about. Leave me alone, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was pretty much that. They threw me on the computer. They kind of strapped me down and said, look, check this out. And I instantly fell in love with the process of, or the, the you know, whatever the hell it was and what I was doing. I was horrible at it, but it, it was definitely that trigger inside me that said like, wow, you're right, man, this is really cool. And what's this Command-Z key? That's awesome. I can, like, try something and then go back in time and do it again? That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, I was hooked. Uh, I pretty much, the problem was I was really um, pretty much well into school at that point, and I only had a year left. And I would say basically I got one year of formal graphic design training, if that. Had to make up my own degree, scrap it together, and convince the school to give me a degree and just like bachelor's of nothing. Um, so I kind of left school with um, basically all I left was a lot of encouragement and like a pat on the butt and like, hey, go get him. You suck now, but you might get good later, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, which I think in general is mostly true of most designers at that age anyway. So um, I played a uh, a little minor league baseball after that. And I just had, I was, I took my computer with me. It was like some massive, like horrible, huge old Apple desktop that, you know, barely, it'd, it'd take me like an hour to open a picture. Right. So. Was that like but, the um, one with like the colors on it? Yeah. No, it was before that. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> yeah. It was before that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I took it on the, I actually took it on the road with me and, um, and, you know, sketchbooks and things like that. And, you know, minor league baseball was like a, an accomplishment and a dream for me. Just kind of getting there and getting paid to play baseball was like, wow, where am I? All this kind of stuff. But at the same time, the lifestyle of it, man, it just was not for me. It was just kind of um, sit in this hotel, play cards, watch soap operas, just do dude stuff, mess around, whatever. Entertain yourselves. We don't know. But practices at three, games at six. And then we'll drop you off at 7-Eleven for dinner afterwards. And then drive to another town and do that same thing. So there's a lot of downtime and sitting around. And yeah. for a creative person with kind of fidgety habits, that's just not cool. I'm, I, can't, I can't take that. So I actually started really working on my design skills while I was playing baseball. And um, just in my downtime to kind of occupy, which is so, super nerdy. I mean, the guys thought would like, I pretty much hit it from them because I mean, what, they're going to be like, what are you doing, man? Like, come play cards. So, you know, I had <laughs> to kind of like... Recruit. What are you drawing over there? Yeah, what are you doing? Drawing? Wow, that's <laughs> you, awesome. You color you know, for like, a living, man? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I always had the two sets of friends growing up, you know, my art friends and my jock friends. And I learned to kind of exist between the two spaces. So, um, yeah. anyway... You know, it's uh, funny. I'm actually yeah. the same way. I, I, I played sports growing up and, and I was kind of like the weird art kid that played sports. Right. And then, like... Um, are you familiar with personality types at all? Like the whole like Myers-Briggs? Uh, my wife tries to do that to me. She's a psychologist. So yeah, a little bit. Okay. What's your type? I'm just curious. Oh, I don't know. It's like a, she's just like, she's like, 
I don't even, I, she's like, I can't even find your type. You're so strange. Like, <laughs> so, so, so I am a, I'm an ENFP, which is like, cons- oh, wow. uh, it's, it's sort of like, uh, it's really weird. It's like, uh, an introverted extrovert or vice versa, one of those types of things. And they call it the inspire. And it's and like one of the main traits is that like, you don't like being put in a box and it yeah. sounds like that's you, right? Like you're sort of like, um, yeah, uh, the creative athlete. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was really natural to me. I just grew up in, uh, I don't know. I just like drawing stuff and I'd show it to my mom and she'd be super proud and she'd hang it on the wall and, so I kept, I, so I did another one and then didn't, you know, I just kept doing it and I just kind of occupied my time with that and around playing sports, which I love too. And it just, it never was weird for me that I did both. But as I got older, I realized, Hey, that's weird. Like my friends over here that do this, they don't do that. You know, like yeah. there's very yeah. few and far between. I know. And there's certainly, I know some really talented guys <clears throat> and girls that, that do do both of course, but, um, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't come about till later, but um, you know, from there, I just uh, uh, minor league baseball didn't last a super long time, and uh, had to find a way to make a living. So I kind of moved back to Texas, super glamorously moved back into my parents' house, which was awesome. And said, you know, what I'm going to do? I decided to go to grad school uh, because it was a good delay of actual life, more yeah. than anything. That's why I did it. Uh, I went to the uh, School of the Arts Art Institute of Chicago. Um, and so I lived in Chicago for a couple years and that was just really fun, super cold, but really fun. Didn't even study design. Actually, I studied more like film animation, uh, man, anything, anything and everything but design. I don't know why can't tell you that. I just, I got a film bug, you know, kind of did that for a while. Then I finished that and it was like, okay, seriously, you got to get a job or something. It's time to make a living. So I tried to get a job in design or anything, film, animation, anything. I really just, I tried for about five or six months and I just kind of gave up because it was just kind of obvious. No one, I, I did like to do a whole bunch of different things and everybody wanted me to do one thing. So either I wasn't having it or they weren't having me. And um, I started free, you know, I'd done some freelance work when I was playing minor league baseball, just dumb stuff like, hey, for a donut, I'll give you a logo or something, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. <laughs> luckily, luckily I like haggled and convinced some friends and family to give me a couple jobs. Um, that actually paid me a little bit so I could actually try to do something, build up a portfolio. And really just, that was it. I never stopped. Uh, a couple years later, I kind of formalized it more into a quote-unquote design firm. You know, that was 15, 16 years ago. Worked a lot in between now and then. So got finally got good at it. And um, yeah, that's it. Completely unrelated to the professional question, but are you, uh, are you, like an, are you an SEC guy since you played at Mississippi State? I definitely like to talk smack that it's got the best sports because, I mean, I saw it firsthand. I actually played one year in the Big 12 before I went to Mississippi State. I just don't really include that in the story because it's kind of boring. But um, <laughs> And uh, I saw it firsthand. I mean, the SEC is just, I mean, it's a whole other beast. Um, so and I don't really seriously walk around like popping crap on people. But, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a real deal. Um, that's, that's so, yeah, awesome. I, I, I'll even find myself rooting for you know, an occasional other SEC team that's, you know, trying to do well uh, when my teams are out, which is easy in football because Mississippi State is always out. So, uh, you know. You, you, guys, you guys have your years where you're ranked in the top 25. Nah, whatever. Though. No, I don't even talk you're, about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Well, uh, I'm a Kentucky football fan, so well, you know we can just yeah, leave yeah, that yeah. conversation. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I, I, let's jump back into your services business. So, One Fast Buffalo. Uh, you know why? Why that name? Where did it come from? Um, <laughs> That's a whole another podcast, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, long story short, um, when I was in grad school, I took some time off uh, to work on documentaries. I uh, spent a lot of time on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota, uh, working with some guys. I was just a grunt, basically, just kind of checking out what they were doing and just helping out. Um, but I ended up staying there, you know, doing a kind of extended stay type thing. And it just kind of really was more than grad school had an effect on me. That time I spent there had an effect on me at my age and just really kind of flipped my world worldview upside down. And... Um, I don't know. When I started, when I needed a name for my company, I wanted, I always wanted my company to be very personal to me because I think, or I thought as a designer that that was actually, would be, make it more enjoyable, more fun to be more personal. Although everybody tells you, you know, like, you know, graphic design is not an art. It's, it's not personal. It's what the client wants, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I don't know. The instant I started, I was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to be very personal with this company. And so I went kind of back to the place that had the most impact on me up to that time. And it was that time in South Dakota. And, um, that's the short story, the version, the, where the actual name come from. It just was part of my experience there. And, um, I just wanted something that had a ring to it that I liked, you know, and it really, yeah. I, I also didn't know what the word branding was at that time. To be honest, I was just design, design, design. I didn't really understand the concept of branding until I actually came up with that name instead of calling myself, you know, Ben Jenkins, the cheap freelance designer, I called myself, one fast Buffalo. And all of a sudden I got more jobs and people were willing to pay me more and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm the same guy, but, um, it was this weird kind of real life experience about how, what the power of branding was. And so that kind of fascinated me. And, you know, years later, that's really our focus. Um, and it always has been, is just really that fascination with how to, how to bring a new brand into the world and do it, you know, in a good way. Um, so that was, really just I can't take credit for it just happened but yeah man people the name has always been uh, you know my wife was like you're kind of an idiot idiot. that's that's a weird name but she was like you know what no the next day she's like go for it just do it I mean she's like you broke anyway well you got anything to lose if it doesn't work (laughs) we'll just change it you know so uh oh yeah no doubt well, I think actually it's, it's kind of interesting and I don't know how much you get this, but just, you know, from hearing you tell your story about, you know, the name and then also seeing your work and sort of how you've come up to uh, war stick. Like it, it's almost like I can see this pattern throughout the whole thing. Like you can really, yeah. if, if it's almost like you've crafted this story over this time, you know, from the beginning and, yeah. and it all fits, it all fits. And that's, that's always interesting to me about branding. So I think if, if that's, if consciously you're going for that, then, then awesome, you know, and if subconsciously it happened, then that's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful thing. uh, It's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I definitely, um, early at a a pretty early age, I kind of grabbed onto not a full aesthetic, but like seeds of an aesthetic that I just wanted to explore and just felt like I just couldn't get rid of them. And, um, and, and yeah, I would say that uh, I kind of live my work, so they're just one and the same. And, you know, we all like are what we like. So, you know, I definitely, yeah. uh, it, and, and Warstick definitely would not exist. I would have never named it had I not lived the experiences I did. And 
And, and it, it actually, I did the same thing. I went back to that same place uh, to kind of get my brain going on what I wanted to call that. Um, I actually went back to the same process that I did. You know, I had done, you know, whatever, 12 years before when I named One Fast Buffalo when I did that. Um, came out with something totally, I think, different and unique, but not like a spinoff. Like, I could have done, like, whatever. There's actually a bat, bat company called Buffalo Bats. There, free shout-out, Buffalo Bats. Um, <laughs> which would kind of be the, you know, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to kind of to come up with something different, but still play from my own personal experience. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you grew your services company, One Fast Buffalo, to the point where you're working on half a million dollar projects with clients like T-Mobile and Peterbilt. Peterbilt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then one day you, you uh, had this... Uh, interesting moment where you decided this big firm with big clients was just not what you thought it would be. Can you talk about that? Yeah. And I'll, I'll try to keep that short. Cause I hate, I mean, in a way it's definitely my story, but I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful for any of the things that I achieved and that, you know, our company achieved and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, it's just that I realized I mean, it's having kids and turning into an adult or trying to, and, uh, you know, I just realized that sometimes your personal values and what you really care about aren't really aligned with what you thought the definition of success would be, is the best I could explain it. And like things like, I mean, real personal too, like I realized, you know what, I put myself in the position of being like a quote unquote boss or a, you know, of an, of an agency. And I hate being a boss. Like I'm not made up for it. I don't have the personality type for it. Other people hate working with me. I get why they hate working with me. Like, it's just not a good fit. Like, I don't have the, talk about personality types. I don't have the personality type to be a boss because my personality type is, I want to put my headphones on. I want to be as isolated as possible. And I want to do my work, you know? And I thought, and so I just got to a point, really it was that lack of that was really making me unhappy. I just was not simply sitting down and doing design anymore. I was doing what a lot of shop owners try to get to and achieve and actually are very happy doing, which is they start design firms and they, um, they actually work themselves out of design, which they're happy with. And I have buddies that are like that. And it's totally cool. It's just that was not cool for me. And yeah. um, it mostly came down to that. I just was not creatively happy at all. And being really unhealthy on top of it, um, just because when you're playing that game of seeing how big you could get in that industry... You've got to do a lot of hustling. You've got to do a lot of, you know, late nights, over-promising clients, just kind of putting the gas pedal down on the floor and going. So I wasn't taking the time to be healthy, to really just enjoy small things. So um, just a combination of a lot of things. But um, I'm really pretty good at when I change my mind and go another direction, I just fully do it. So, um, yeah, we made a lot of changes really fast. Um, and yeah, work out. Well, that's, you know? I, I think that, um, I admire your entrepreneurial spirit. So you, you've never, uh, you never really worked for a design company and, and I tend to have a little bit of a similar story in that I worked for mm-hmm. a company for a brief, brief time before going mm-hmm. out on my own. Uh, did you ever feel like in this sort of what can sometimes be a pretentious industry that maybe you didn't belong because you didn't work with some of those big design firms or have any sort of like imposter syndrome? No, I think I just used it as motivation like other things I had done in sports where it was like I didn't want to be told that I wasn't any good just because I didn't work at those places. And I just used that as extra motivation to 
you know, I, I always knew. I was like, hey, look, we're on the same playing field here. You give me the project, you take the project, and I'll beat your ass. I just had that same. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing from sports that I brought to the, oh, my God, watch this clay, that cliche. That's, that's what I brought to the plate, right? Horrible. Um, <laughs> just I, I have a competitive nature that I could translate right into that. And um, it really never, I don't know. I didn't walk around ever feeling that, no. I mean, I, if, um, if anything, I think it helped shape who we are you know, to, to learn how to do it as opposed to just learn how to do it from other people as opposed to just figuring it out on the way actually I think was good for us. Now it was a lot more hard work that way. I would love to have had some shortcuts as far as like how to do this, how to do that. But I feel better being 15, 16 years into it that we've developed who we are and it's unique to us, you know? Yeah. Can you talk about your transition from, you know, working on the services side and then later on you, you started selling products uh, as, so where did the idea from Warstick come from and then what was like the motivation behind it? Okay. Well, the motivation was, and I'm just like hoping that clients don't hear this and take it the wrong way, but I'm just very of the belief that you, <laughs> I'm pretty transparent with it. I mean, I think in general designers, I think the process of design with clients, I mean, you got to get paid, right? They are the boss. I get it. But I think deep within designer, designers, there's just, you don't really love taking your work, showing it to the client, and then having it turn into something a little bit different. It could be better. It could be worse. But that process back and forth, I really think all of us don't genuinely love. It was just that after maybe, I guess at this point, I've been doing that about 12, 13 years. Um, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, it would be nice if one time I designed something and there was just no one on the other side. There was no input from anybody. It was 100% an expression of what I wanted to make. I guess that to me is like what art is, right? It's just an expression right. of you being human and you being an, and you making something and, 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 and kind of bringing it into the world and, and seeing what happens with it, right? Um, so selfishly, it was a little bit of that. Not that I had, I had had tons of great client experiences. I'm not saying that all my clients just hate everything I do. I just mean, still, I didn't want to take that, do that act of actually handing it over and saying, what do you think? It just, I just thought it'd be refreshing not to do that one time. Also, I had seen that because I'm a branding person, because we, you know, we, I design and build websites, I was, I was starting to pick up on, I was like, man, a lot of product launches these days, the client can't do it without what we do. It's like what we do is so much of it that it's like, it's really just one more step from what we do to having a business where you could sell something online. And I just was really like, you know what, I'm going to, I just want to try something for fun, you know? Um, and so I just went back to base. I, I had to figure out, of course, what to do, which is the harder part. And, um, I had actually been teased by some clients in the past, I'm not potential clients who kind of even said, hey, uh, what would it cost to, uh, to brand a XYZ baseball company, like a, ba like a glove company or um, a batting glove or a baseball bat company? So, and I said, well, it costs something like this. And they're like, oh, that's way too much. We can't do it. And I was like, all right, well. So the baseball was in my mind because of some uh, potential clients that had brought it up to my attention. But I also knew, I was like, you know what? I mean, baseball is where I need to go with this. It's the thing in my life that I know the best other than, you know, design. And I didn't want to do the thing where, 
you know, design firms open up a store and they sell cool t-shirts and they just basically resell design, just like, it, which is totally cool. But I just, I, I, the problem is as a branding person, I'm like, there's already too much of that. And I'm like, I, I, I needed to do something more specific than that. So um, going back to baseball made sense because I knew that, you know, clients that I'd seen be successful, they focused their attention on things they were really passionate about. You know, on the product side, I knew that figuring out something as simple as a baseball bat probably couldn't be that hard. I also knew that, you know, the bar wasn't that high. I was like, my weapon is design. So what is a, where's a place where people are using a common product that's going to keep being used, but where design is not really being utilized? Because I knew that's where I might could have a chance. And so, you know, baseball bats, especially wood baseball bats, kind of like stock car racing. It's like if you're doing anything performance-wise that makes your bat outperform everybody else tremendously, you're definitely cheating. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, I liked that where we basically all have to take the same product. Now, there's little things here and there that we don't have to get into, but that make it better or not. But in general, that's kind of the case. It's like, here's your canvas, go make a bat company. And I was like, I can do that. So I just gave myself like three months Treated, it, treated myself as my own client, gave myself deadlines. In that time, I had to come up with the name of the company, the story, what I was doing. I had to figure out the manufacturing. I had to build, build a website and launch. That was my goal. Just fast and basically literally do it as fast as I could. I, I didn't want to do it. I, didn't, I, want, I did not want to take my time. I wanted to go as fast as possible um, because that's kind of how client work is. And I know it gets done that way and it gets done well that way. So... Um, I just did that and I launched and I didn't think anybody buy a single bat, (laughs) but you know what? I didn't spend it. I didn't spend any money either. I I spent very little money of my own money because so many of the things that I needed to do in order to do that were just things that I do. Right. So I didn't, I should have paid myself, but uh, yeah. (laughs) So like from the manufacturing side, I mean, obviously you have design and everything covered. Right. Yeah. But from the manu- manufacturing side, like where, how do you, I mean, was that like an intimidating thing? Like I wouldn't even know where to start, you know, when it comes to creating a physical product and I don't know if you're, I don't know how that process works, like prototypes or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's it. Basically it. I mean, it's, it, it's, you gotta, it, that whole world is just, it's not hard. It's just a beating, you know, like I don't care what you want to make, no matter what, it's probably going to be a beating to do it. Just have to kind of accept that and go through the pain of figuring it out. Um, you know, it helped being a baseball-related product because I had so many friends and past, you know, relationships in baseball that it gave me a network to kind of call someone up and go, "Hey, what about this? Do you know this person?" You know, I just kind of used that network that I'd already grown up with, um, and that it, that part really wasn't that hard. It was once we got to the shop floor, and I said, "Hey." this is what I want to make. And they kind of looked at me and like, we don't do that. And we can't do that. Like that people don't, that's not how it's done. And I'm like, I know that's kind of the point. So we got to figure out how to get from here to here. And luckily the guys that I'm working with didn't give up on that. Whereas, you know, I had some that did, they just said, no way. That's basically, they said, Hey, that's too much work. I'm not doing that. And of course I get from their perspective, they didn't think that it would go anywhere, you know? So they're like, why would we take all the time with this guy for him for, to, to go through the pain of figuring out how to basically reinvent how some of this stuff is done when he probably won't sell a single bat, which I don't blame them at all. But luckily, um, I kind of found, uh, you know, people that, that were willing to do it for whatever reason, <laughs> probably just because I kept yelling. <laughs> I just 
kept showing. I I take my trailer out and to the factory and just kind of camp out and be like, oh, cool. I'll check that out in the morning. They were like, oh, you're gonna stay? I'm like, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> so you know, and I just I just kind of kept doing it until all of a sudden one day everything was right and it was like, all right, we're done. Take pictures, put them on the site, let's go. You know, so it takes that. That's just part of that. That's never going to be easier. It's never, it's just, if you're going to do products, you just have to accept the fact that that prototyping process and even beyond that, even, you know, once we launched for maybe two to three months, there was all kinds of screw ups, all kinds of like, oh no, like, sorry, customer. I mean, and, but I like that. You, you, you perfect, you perfect things through, um, messing up, you know, and, uh, customer service is really pretty easy. You say you're sorry, you make it right. They actually like you even more. They're a better customer than they were before you pissed them off. And, um, you know, the customers help you perfect things. So, yeah. So uh, it, we always hear, um, we always hear these stories of, of, uh, these sort of like quote unquote overnight successes about these people that were like, Oh, you know, um, they just sold this startup for X millions of dollars and th- they just started yeah. it like last week or something. It's like, well, but they've been grinding hard for like 15 years or whatever. It seems yeah. like Warstick got pretty, po- uh, it took off like right off the get go. Uh, yeah. well, talk about, uh, that moment when you realized that it was big, like when was it like, this is legit. Like this is a thing now. I would say, um, well, just just in general, that first uh, I think I launched uh, I launched in like March of that first year, and I would say definitely by um, October November I was like, "Whoa, this is uh, this is uh, this is something," you know, like. But um, yeah. you know, like I said, the first day I launched, um, I should mention too. I actually um, part of this was just a, a study in branding and like how powerful it could be. And, and kind of um, showing the clients like, hey, because we do kind of preach this thing where it's like, you know, focus all your attention on your brand, what it is and living that story and being that thing. Because if you do that, you're going to have you're not going to spend as much money on ads, not not as much effort on marketing, all this kind of stuff. Like try to build something that sells itself. Right. So I actually kind of said with this because I had no risk. I mean, I had good client work. I get paid well. I'm, I'm not struggling to survive. I didn't need to make any money with Warstick. So I said, look, I'm not I'm gonna try this. I'm not gonna spend any money on ads to launch it or to or or marketing of any type. I'm not gonna pay for exposure. I'm not gonna pay for awareness. So really I had no the only outlet I had the first day I launched was to get on my Facebook page and tell a couple old buddies like, Hey man, how you doing? How's the kids? Great. Oh yeah, I launched a baseball bat company, check it out. And it was just enough to kind of let it out into the world a little bit and to see if people would talk about it. And that, right. and basically that was it. And um, a month later, um, some of those cool hunting sites for men, you know, like your uncreates.com, your yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Hug, Hugberries, your, you know, that kind of stuff. Those guys are out there waiting for us to make stuff. Not, I don't mean more sick, I just mean us as designers. They're kind of out there waiting for the next thing to come around where they can say, hey, look at this cool new thing. That's out there for us as designers. And that's why I tell, you know, if you got a job, that's great, but do some of this on the side too because the venue is out there for you to do that. And um, it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, Uncrate was a really big hit. Like, I didn't even know what was happening. I kind of freaked out. I was like, whoa, what, what's going on here? And they didn't even tell me. They just put it on uncrate.com. Tons of, tons of orders that day. And then um, from there, it really got to the, like, USA... Uh, Sorry, um, uh, Wall Street Journal all of a sudden calls and does an article. And then uh, 
GQ calls and says, hey, we really love your product. We're going to make it one of our, in our December issue, one of our favorite products of the year. I'm like, okay. And it was not a single bit of it was paid PR. It was just purely, I actually think I made something from a good place that was, you know, authentic and had no fear about it and people like it and they want to talk about it. And that, that's what you shoot for, you know? So it was, I guess you could say it was kind of an overnight success, but at the same time, all the little things that I did and I put into that creative project, which, you know, Warstick to me is just a creative project. You know, they were all a culmination of things I had done for the last 15 years and really going back to when I was five years old. I mean, I, I couldn't have invented it just out of thin air. I, I brought all the experiences that I brought into it into it. Um, and then, yeah, it worked. So, like I said, my, my idea was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll bring in a little bit extra money to pay the electric bill each month, you know? That would be cool. My wife, was, my wife was like, yeah, that would be handy. Nice. Just a, a little bit of income besides uh, your fee-based type work would be nice. You know, that was kind of the motivation. So Yeah. Um, so yeah. Do, you, do you think that, um, I mean, would something like this have worked, you think, uh, 10 to 15 years ago? I mean, it seems like with Apple and being on sort of like the main stage, the general consumers have become a lot more design savvy. Yeah, I mean, there's a much bigger appreciation for design in general, sure, because of Apple, because of, um, I don't know, just, <laughs> I guess I can't, I can't give credit to any one specific person or company, but, um, you know, definitely the movement towards American Made has helped me, the movement, and, and also inspired me, uh, the movement towards just, in general, people wanting to buy things that are better made, better designed and maybe I'm going to pay more for it, but it's going to last longer movement is really great. Um, nothing wrong with that at all. Just a yeah. little, you know, all that stuff is definitely ins- probably more inspired me as much as anything. Um, and, and, and so the world was definitely receptive to it. Whereas, um, yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah. That would have been super crazy. Um, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I've been yeah. popping up in the world of just, uh, your Easton's and Louisville sluggers. And well, I mean, I guess the thing is in bat industry, it was completely weird. You know, it hadn't that I had seen my actual inclination, like other designers of the last five years is to see cool things. Like, I don't know, like my buddy Draplin's doing with his field notes or see, uh, you know, the best made guy or this guy or that. I mean, we all had these, we all see the cool stuff they're making like backpacks and cool shirts and this, and we go, you know, that movement is there let's go make something, right? It's just that I kind of moved that paradigm over into baseball and it became wicked weird in there. Whereas if I had just done some of the other ideas that I had, which was like, yeah, I want to make, I love backpacks, man. I'm, I don't like a thousand backpacks, but I'm like, there's nothing, I can't bring anything really new here except just put another brand in a space of other crowded people and just try to press it, press it, press it. But I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to work that hard to be honest. Let's be Let's be honest. Like I, I not, I'm not really a marketer. I'm just. I love design. I love branding, but I'm not really keen on spending a lot of my time thinking about marketing ideas. They're going to go viral. I didn't. I didn't want to do that. You know. And yeah. I didn't have the the big bucks behind me to go like spend gajillion dollars on advertising. So I was like, either the thing I do is good and and remarkable. You know, people will talk about it, or or, or I should. I can't do it. And I didn't. You know. So I just tried to do that. You know, um, that's uh, that's interesting that you bring up best made company because I, I it's actually what sort of I almost associate 
this with almost like a sports version of of that a little bit and also Aaron Draplin uh, not sports related at all but super awesome he actually came I got him to come speak in Lexington to a uh, yeah. to a group of people a, a couple years ago um, yeah. so so you took this whole product mentality and then you went into you know you sort of mix these things that you love right you've got design mm-hmm. love design you love uh, baseball and then now you know there's this whole like there's you know, that, that third thing is like, well, you could do design for the baseball industry and provide services, or, you know, you came up with a product. Uh, and I think, and a lot of, a lot of this audience tends to work for, um, either in-house NBA teams, NFL teams, or, or things like that, or they work for advertising agencies or, or sports agencies on the services side. Like it's very like, let's create, you know, this year's campaign for, you know, whatever team do you, uh, you know, do you have anything uh, uh, advice, I guess, for people that, you know, I feel like there's a big market for the sports industry in regards to product. Obviously we have things like Nike and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, nobody's just going to jump out and start a sneaker company, but you know, things like this, these sort of like boutique things that are, are nicely crafted, uh, you know, uh, and, and paid attention to, you know, it's not sort of for lack of a better word, spammed out through a manufacturer. It's, it's like, you know, there's yeah. a, there's an attention to detail. So do you have any advice for people that are maybe trying to want to jump in and get, get onto some of that product stuff? I really don't have advice other than, you know, I think as if, if they're a good designer or creative person in the first place, they probably intuitively know that, the thing to do is not to go create more of what's out there. It's to do the opposite, you know, which is, so I think it's just about doing it from a place of, I like said, you know, like you, like you just said, all these guys got jobs, right? So what's the risk? They don't need to go quit these jobs in order to try something, you know? So I think that's really great because you can do it kind of from a, a standpoint of having no fear, right? So it's kind of like, don't be afraid to just be embarrassed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Create something 100% like you want to do it and don't be afraid that people are going to make fun of you because it's, you know, it, it might be just like 10 people anyway, right? If, pe- if people don't react, they don't react. So I definitely have some things that I've also launched that just haven't done, done what Warstick did. But I'm not ashamed of them. I did them from a good place. They just didn't have the magic. They didn't have the juice. But um, yeah, I don't have any advice other than I think most people just don't, they wait too long. They plan too much. They try to plan out the entire thing. They they try to get everything. They get the, what? How do you say? Get your ducks in a row, right? Yeah. You know, they get they get investors together. They do is I I think designers have this currency already, right? You've got something that people usually have to go out and pay for when they start a business. Use the currency that you can already create and try to try to try to create something with no money. I think that really helped me. I was definitely not willing. I had no reason to go out and find money because I just didn't need to take the risk. And I just like the challenge of like, I wonder if I could create something purely from, almost from purely from my brain. And I tried to spend as little money as possible to do it. And I think that helped me be more innovative when I did it, you know? It was like, even down to like, I was like, I need to be able to run this business from my trailer when I'm not living in Texas in the summers and I'm, and I'm moving around. I can't have brick and mortar. I, I can't be so tied to that. I, I, it, this has to work with that or, you know, you name it. I was like, do it as small as possible, but also do it as fast as possible. And I gave myself that three month deadline and treated it like, you know, kind of how a client gets mad if you uh, 
don't hit your deadline, you know, and it forced me to finish, you know. Right. And then I perfected it later. Like I would say definitely the first year and a half I spent learning, kind of seeing what I had in my hands. And version 2.0 of Warstick is much better than 1.0. It's not, nothing uh, crazily different, just much more refined, much more, um, you know, I, I kind of went back and cleaned it up, you know. Yeah. Um, things like that. So I did everything I could to do shortcuts like, I build my own websites and e-commerce systems. I have my own development team, but I didn't even use me or them for the website when we initially launched. I just jumped on Shopify. This guy figured, yeah. just go. And it's not about the website at that point. It's about, is the product good or not? So Shopify and you know things like big commerce and stuff, are great for just, hey, boom, I want to sell something, take a picture, go. I mean, not, I mean eBay is great for that, geez. Yeah. But people just plan too much, you know. I think. No, I I agree. I, but part of so your your story with this sounds. I, I have some similarities with makers of sports. So I I um I basically left my my job, which which I was telling you a little bit earlier that I, you know, yeah. I freelanced for for six years, took a job for like a year just to do something different, quit, and then it was like I gave myself a month to launch Makers of Sport, and and even now, like I think you have to give yourself some of these deadlines. Like even now, with with even recording these episodes, I'm planned out. Like I, I've got interviews lined up all the way through, basically the end of the year. Um, yeah. But so what I do on my website is, is I'll go in and I'll actually set the next episode area to be live, like on a certain day. So it's basically like, it's almost too much work for me to go in and like have to change like dates on things. And it is to just do the, do the show, you know, it's like, so, so that's, uh, those are types of things that, that I feel like designers, you know, we, we have to give ourselves deadlines in my opinion. And and it sounds like you did that. Another thing is I, I think that, um, a friend of mine has always sort of likened designers to uh, ship builders where, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, somebody built Christopher Columbus's ship, right? Like right. one of us, basically, like the designers of those day, like they built his ship and then that dude like sells the ocean blue and gets famous or whatever. So it's like, yeah. you know, build, build your own ships, you know, I think right. we're in I mean, I just, where people are doing that. Oh, it's awesome. I try, you know, the only reason that, I mean, I was blessed enough for someone to ask me to speak. So I've got a, little bit of a speaking career in the creative industry and it's just really fun and I'm always like wow you want me to come talk that's awesome but it's like I realized that my really my my message to younger designers is that it's like you don't realize how coveted what you can do is not from like an hourly paid standpoint or something like that but like creativity is the I mean it's the seed of all these new companies that pop up like the creation of a business itself is a creative idea that's all it is you know so it's like we I just don't think we should work for clients as much as we do in general (laughs) like I think the entire industry should go look here's the deal I'll give you 20% of my time I mean I'm sorry reverse 80% of my time you know 60% of my time I just can't imagine that we need to be giving 100% of our creative life energy to clients. Nothing against clients. It's just, I think it's, I create better client work now for my clients now that I have some outlets of my own to explore. And they actually listen to me more now too because they know I know what it's like to be on their side of the table um, in, in real life. And I appreciate what they do more now, you know? So it's a healthy yeah. thing all the way around freshness is a really important thing too and i mean it definitely helps you be fresh to be you know especially in-house guys like 
I have a lot of admiration for these. I've met some really great in-house you know, guys in all kinds of companies and, and even in athletics, uh, sports teams and stuff. And as cool as it is to be like XYZ team creative director and dealing with that cool thing all the time, it's still one thing. And that would scare the crap out of me, you know, because yeah. it's, it's the variety of life and creativity that I see that really is what's fun about this. And so I think especially an in-house person should, you know, maybe they should work four days a week and that fifth day they need to do completely other things, creative things, but completely different space. And they're going to be more fresh in their real job for doing that. And I think our business environment is opening up to things like that, you know, more and more where people can not, you know, like a boss is like, okay with you doing that now and realizes that it actually would help the boss to let you do that. So like, um, even people that we hired OFB, I'm not real keen on work for me five days a week. I like you to work three days a week and then maybe do like, I have a guy that, I don't know, he started like a vintage tie company on the side. And you would think that in most companies, it's still kind of saying, no, 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 hundred percent of your time is mine. You know, that kind of thing where I'm like, no, it's totally go do that. Totally have that outlet. Totally get rich doing that. I don't care. Like, I love that, you know? And I think that in general, I think creative people should have a little bit more balance in, in that regard. And it would be helpful to their client work. So that's my rant. Yeah. Well, it sounds like too, that you're in, in that instance, you're able to focus so much more on quality work as opposed to taking in jobs to, to, you know, keep the lights on or pay salaries. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our, our company, we're going on five years of big changes we made. And it's just so much more about quality over quantity now, whereas it was the exact opposite before. And it's more enjoyable, we're happier, and our work is better. Um, we don't do as many clients, but I just didn't really see the end of that. Like, what's the point? What are you trying to achieve with seeing how many you can do? I'd, I'm hoping maybe that I create a, a great brand or two with, my, you know, with a client uh, in my career. So it's more about that quality than it is quantity. Do you ever think you'll stop doing client work? I was talking with someone that, about that yesterday, about how, I mean, really, a sane person would see where war sticks at and be like, why are you even messing with the client work, to be honest? Like, the, where it already is and the potential of it and, and, and all that kind of stuff, it's almost a little bit like, I have buddies that are like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I tell them, look, Meg, I go, look, the problem is, it's just, uh, no, I don't think I'll ever stop doing client work to at least to some extent. Now, as a company, I never, I want OFB to go as long as it can go. And I want it to include other people and other great designers and things like that. But I just, I learned so much from it. I enjoy it. And I, it's, it's my hobby. You know what I mean? Like it's my, it's my professional hobby. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I don't super enjoy is, you know, creating something like Warstick having it work and then going, oh, here's a company to run. Now I'm back to, all right, so now what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I, yeah. I, 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 you know, so um, I'm kind of in that transition phase with Warstick about how do we go from here to there because I'm not the guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, right, I'll say it like, to It's like, you're like that, at some point, and no matter what industry you're in, at some point you're the CEO and you're not doing the thing that you loved anymore, Right. Right. Yeah. Because I'm ready to kind of like, I always, 
the, you know, the, part, the only part I do for Warstick, I mean, Warstick is simply a company of making stuff. That's it. Like we, all I do is uh, I try to handle the customer service, which isn't, it's kind of fun because it's like people appreciating your stuff. But like really all we do is we occasionally come out with a new product and that's just a creative project for me. I enjoy it and I would always love to do that. But the bigger picture stuff about how do you really market this thing? How do you really go out there and grow this thing? I'm just not interested. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't interest me from a creative standpoint. And, I, and I'm not, I guess luckily I'm just not motivated by money so much that I let that take, you know, go and go and do it. Because I, I feel fortunate to be a designer and get to do this. So I want to keep doing it. Um, and I want to do brands of my own and I want to do a lot of client work. And I want to just, you know, manage that. So, yeah. With Warstick, have you had any um, sort of uh, brand, since it's a product, have you had any like brand cross promotions or anything? Like any brands approaching you like, do we want a custom, you know, bad or, or something like that? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we do straight up promotional type bats where a lot of companies will come in and just do it straight up as a promotional gift. And it's really cool. It's way better than a keychain <laughs> or a pen. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You know? and it's, it's so heavy. And um you know, like you said, we've done. We've also done collaborations with other companies where um, they've made it into a product, like Coach, like Coach Brand, like you mentioned, was a really big one. There's a really big one going on right now. I just can't mention because it wouldn't be fair to them to let people know they're doing that before it comes out. Um, but I'm really excited about it. You'll hopefully see it when it happens, right? So um, yeah, that's well, let, let me know, here. man. I'll I'll tweet about it yeah. when it comes out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, and it's, po- um, I'll go back and post it into these show notes. Even though the yeah. interview will already be out after that comes out. Yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, like, uh, we've got a really big sporting goods, uh, uh, let's say, clothing uh, brand. Big, big, big. Wanting to make our clothes for us and with us. And I'm really excited about that. I also can't say who. But, yeah, and it's, it, like I said, it's, it's nice because I think it continually reminds my, me that it's like it's just people really connect with our story and what it is. And it's not me wheeling and dealing and doing deals. I don't have to do deals because I just, um, people like the thing, you know? I don't know. It's, it's nice. It's fun. It's, I've met way more interesting people. Uh, I have to be careful after that how I say this. Uh, Warstick has opened up a world of like people connecting with us from the outside that I never imagined we'd be hanging out with and doing creative stuff with. And it's really cool. Like instead of, you know, on the client side, when you're a design firm, it's more about reaching out to people and saying, hey, man, you know, pay us, let us do work for you. Let us do work. This is like the exact opposite where it's like people coming to us and saying, hey, can we do stuff with you guys? It's so cool, you know, and that is really, really fun, you know. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. That's that's good stuff. Do you So you have moved on to start to do a little more like um, – products other than just the bats like hats and, yeah. and some merchandise and stuff what, what yeah. type of stuff do you have there in that arena well we launched we finally launched uh you know i'd say when we first launched we were literally a wood bat baseball bat brand that was what we were we were warstick wood bat company so now we're really just warstick and we this was a response to our customers and our fans but um we finally this past like christmas found a way, which was way harder than bats, to to bring in apparel. So we've got, you know, 
kind of focus on training, you know, dry fit stuff, stuff you can work out in, uh, but also, you know, cool graphic tees and stuff that express the brand. Um, hats. I love hats because I look better in them than without it. And I just like hats. <laughs> and uh, so we've got, you know, training apparel. Uh, we got hoodies. We've got hats. Just all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's really cool because, again, it was, I don't know if anybody would buy this. And sure enough, they did. So it tells me that we've got a brand, not just a good wood bat. So I'm kind of looking down the road towards it being a baseball brand um, that's roots are in, you know, what we initially created. And, um, you know, as long as good design is part of it and we're, and we're making stuff in a way that we're proud of, then I think that we can really expand our product offering. Um, it'll take me about 300 years cause I'm really bad about doing anything other than by myself, but you know, uh, so what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, man, I, uh, I know that you have your son's uh, baseball yeah. team to coach and, and, and the family is, is super important, important to you after watching yeah. a lot of your talks and, and just kind of following your brand. Uh, why don't you just tell us where our listeners can find out more about you and, and get in touch if they want to. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, I'm really only at two places. I'm at uh, onefastbuffalo.com and um, got all the Twitter and you know, such at slash onefastbuffalo. Um, and then, you know, warstick.com, W-A-R-S-T-I-C.com. And I'm kind of, I'm both places, man. So, and I love talking to people with questions or, or looking for help. Nice. Gets well, me, I appreciate gets it, me off the, yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate, I appreciate it. My next guest is going to be team sports creative director at Under Armour, Adam Clement. Adam has been at Under Armour for 10 plus years and has led uniform designs for Maryland, uh, Northwestern and the recently released Notre Dame football uniforms, which you can actually read an in-depth article about on makersofsport.com. Big thanks again to Ben Jenkins. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. Like he said, one fast Buffalo, and that's all spelled out, spelled out. Uh, and his bat company's Twitter account is Warstick Batco. Uh, and again, his websites, onefastbuffalo.com, warstick.com. Also be sure to follow myself at T Adam martin on twitter and then the show is at makers of sport uh again i love reviews if you like these shows we are on show 10 uh please take some time and rate it on itunes it's good to hear some feedback from people uh so please rate it on itunes or stitcher or whichever app you happen to be listening listening on also please check out the website continue to visit the website makersofsport.com Uh, You can submit questions to myself or my guests there as well. Until next time, hope everybody has a good week. Man, man, big thanks. I really appreciate it. Uh